our mission, and we choose to accept it, is zero injuries and zero environmental impact. A healthy workforce and environment is key to our nation's continued success. The Mission Zero podcast is a deep dive with the industry's top experts into the health, safety and environmental aspects of today's workplace. Our mission is to be a platform for new ideas and strategies that, when implemented, will improve our safety, our environment and how we govern out business. We are making the world safer and we're going to have fun doing it. Okay, welcome everybody to a new episode of the Mission Zero podcast. Today I am at the uh, facility of Lone Star Industrial Materials talking to their CEO, Patrick Blake. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for coming on uh, the podcast. I, I, I have a lot of interviews with certain people, uh, certain 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 uh, letters in that HSC, and, and, and very rarely have I been able to get a good E, a good environmental uh, interview out of this. Saw your products uh, maybe a couple months ago, and I was um, I was pretty blown away by them, what you're doing here. But before we do that, um, what I like to do on the Mission Zero podcast is to have you Tell us a little bit about yourself, what, you know, not digging too deep, but tell us about your life, where you're from, and what brought you, your career to this point. Sure, sure. It's always easy to talk about yourself. <laughs> um, I'm from Houston, uh, Katie specifically, uh, born and raised. I went to Katie High School and uh, fortunate enough to go to Texas A&M. Uh, left Texas A&M in 2005 and started my career as an MWD in the oil field in 2009. Um uh, had a great time, uh, went to work for a directional company. I'm sure everyone's familiar with Leem. And so spent time in the Haynesville, the Eagleford, Midcon, did my tour. Uh, short, shortly before I knew it, I was in uh, directional drilling, uh, spent quite a bit of time with uh, various other companies learning uh, tricks of the trade in the oil field. Really enjoyed my time, probably about 10 years in the field altogether. And then uh, in 2019, uh, we brought it in and, and decided to start our own directional company. Um, had great relationships with our customers. It carried over, uh, performed quite well. Uh, I was really enjoying the oil field as always. And unfortunately in 2020, like most companies, uh, we saw a lot of opportunities uh, slip away. During that time, uh, you know, my partners and I were definitely looking for other opportunities. And one of the things that was, you know, clearly coming down the pipe uh, were the sustainable development goals and, you know, the need to be, you know, environmentally proactive. And it's something that we really didn't necessarily have a lot of opportunity to participate in from the directional drilling standpoint. Um, we could definitely see the need for it, definitely see things um, developing where they were going. Uh, but there weren't a lot of solutions. Um, so in 2020, when the opportunity to, to, to drill kind of disappeared we started looking at some other options and the industrial hemp industry was something that really jumped off the page to us we didn't want to create a similar environment uh, and get into the cbd side of things we saw more advantages from a technical and um uh, engineering side of the fiber and uh, and herd application. So essentially the stock of the plant is what we were focused on. So, uh, you know, our company was allowed to kind of transcend the typical issues. And when it came to this space, we don't uh, do anything with the flour. There's nothing that's consumable. But coming from the oil field, we had a unique perspective uh, in the fact that we were, we were able to run fluid retention tests on or uh, fluid recovery tests on the actual material. And what was unique that we found about hemp was that it 
doesn't really absorb oil, but it encapsulates. So it gives it unique properties to be hydrophobic, but at the same time have extreme uh, properties when it comes to absorbing or retaining oil or oil-like products. Um, so as you know, we kind of you know launched into Lone Star. Uh, we developed this company with uh, the idea that we would be providing sustainable, you know, uh, sustainable materials that would go into different manufacturing processes as well as provide hazmat remediation materials and things that we could develop into spill prevention and containment. Um, as soon after we finished our cap raise in 2021 to launch our facility, and at that time, hemp was deregulated from a federal level in 2018 and then from a state level in 2020. Um, so that was really the, the, the first opportunity that anybody, especially ourselves, had you know, to jump into the market. And so 2021... We were successful in closing our cap raise. Uh, we found our location in Waller, Texas, uh, shortly thereafter in September. Uh, and because this hasn't really ever been done in, in the United States before, with the exception of maybe one other or two other places, um, the equipment domestically wasn't available. So once we had found our location, the next challenge was putting everything together and developing and designing the equipment that was actually going to do the job. Um, you know, not to get too personal, but, you know, around that time, um, and, you know, in September, right after we found our location, I was diagnosed with stage three colon colorectal cancer. Um, something that was kind of took me by surprise, uh, mainly due to the fact that- Especially if you look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. We can't see him, but he's not a slot of man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I've, I've kept myself pretty busy and fortunately uh, benefited from a pretty healthy life uh, so far. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that really bode well for my chances of making it through, which, you know, fortunately for me, everything went smooth two years later. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got my health back, but it definitely aligned per, you know, my perspective um, and okay. my focus. Great. Well, for, first of all, congratulations on that, man. That's, a, that's a big deal. And uh, I guess everybody's in your life is extremely happy about that i'm happy you you were able to beat that down and, and, and come back even stronger now now for the next phase right this thing that's correct um so let's go back and uh, uh take lone star kind of piece by piece you 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 started to come up with the idea you said um you know no one was in the industrial hemp market uh, i i've never heard of it I, I didn't know there was such thing the only time i'd ever read about hemp was in the 1700s, Thomas Jefferson was a big proponent of it, mm -hmm. using it in, in different things. And that really kind of changed my perspective on what it could be or what it is. And, and you know, because everybody associates it immediately with a stoner in the corner. But right. uh, so you, 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 your first application with this product, uh, one step by step, what was the first thing that you wanted that you were trying to build with it? So one, we were really just trying to wrap our head around, um, you know, why it was deregulated. Um, simply, and, and everyone has their opinion, but to me, it's very clear. We just lack the technology to differentiate between, you know, cannabis and its sober cousin, hemp. Mm -hmm. Hemp has been used for, you know, centuries at this point, you know, mm -hmm. for, you know, it's used as one of the strongest uh, tensile strengths for textiles known to man. Outside of spider silk, uh, it's extremely strong, anywhere between 400 and 900 Newton meters to be exact. Um, so we see, you know, for, you know, Europe using this stuff for textiles for years just because of its enhanced properties. And so, um, 
that was one of the key things that we were trying to focus on as far as, you know, one of the, you know, main aspects of him. We saw that it could be used in a diversity of, of different applications. Uh, we saw that it gave a value proposition, but, you know, trying to understand the history of him, we realized that we just didn't have the technology um, to differentiate between cannabis and industrial hemp. So the government made it really easy and said, this is all illegal. Flash forward to modern age, uh, we have, you know, handheld devices that can go out there and easily differentiate between the two. And and even further, we transcend a lot of those issues, and, and this is an important aspect to our business, um, by harvesting the plant before it even goes to flower. So part of the big uh, sustainability message here is that, you know, you can grow a tree in about nine years, and you can grow hemp in about 90 days. Mm-hmm. And with our genetics, you know, we can grow hemp here in Texas at six tons per acre in 90 days with no fertilizer, no pesticides, no input. And at the same time, is remediating the soil, pulling hard metals and chemicals out for the rotational crops that'll come in thereafter. So instead of growing tree for nine years, you can grow hemp in 90 days. And that is the main key to it being sustainable. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, because that was always the the thing with trees and you, you're cutting them down before you could ever replace them. I mean, it's a 20 year, 30 year cycle. Okay, so that's interesting. What was the first product that you that you guys developed with the, uh, uh, with, the, with, the with the hemp? What was the first product you guys came up with? Well, so the first product that we that really kind of opened our eyes to the different applications, and especially in regards to um, our current product line, were the boom socks. Um, so what we did was is we we ground the hemp material. Well, mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, <clears throat> explain what that is. Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, a boom sock is basically a four to eight inch diameter um, mesh that is filled with our material, and what that does is it's a a, cylinder, uh, a conical sock. Um, and what it's used to do is create a barrier and to contain any type of spill. So if you had a spill on the concrete and it was spreading all over the place, what you would do is you take the sock and you put it around the perimeter and that sock would contain that spill. Uh, but one of the one of the key things that was unique about our product that we found out through the oil field was that you know this was uniquely adept to maritime application right so if you have an oil spill or an oil and water type application hemp because of its hydrophobic nature would float on water but because of the encapsulation properties of the fiber would absorb all the oil so it would allow the product to float on water and you could sequester an oil spill so if you had an oil spill on water you could essentially take our sock and you could align around the outside and oil would not try would not escape and then as the water would pass through the sock it would allow the water pass through and it would create a filter and capture all that oil so one of the ways that we found this out was we made one of these socks uh as as a prototype and then we had a friend of ours that was drilling a well in west texas and he had to divert 250 gallons into the reserve in the reserve pits and he said pat you know it'd be really interesting to see what your sock would do and how much of this oil we can get out of this reserve pit and so we drove out to west texas and we deployed the sock and within 36 hours later, we saw about 80% of that oil had been reclaimed. And we were shocked. We took pictures, we documented everything. And this was like our first, you know, big clue that we had a had something really special on our hands. So the next step was just to kind of determine, well, how long will this sock actually float? So we left it out there for another six weeks and it never sank. Uh, we ended up pulling, um, we ended up pulling around 200 pounds um, of that oil out of that, out of that reserve pit with no labor. And so that was very impressive. Okay. And 
currently this product is, is used, it's just used with a different material. What is, what is the material that's currently being used in these on site? So typically right now, the, the lowest common denominator when it comes to materials is plastic, right? So what you end up getting is you end up getting a boom sock that the industry is typically using that is plastic, cleaning up plastic. Um, that, and one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to create a, you know, an environment and ecosystem where we could use our product, we could, it could do its job, and then we could pull that product back in and then recycle it or repurpose it. So that would complete the sustainability cycle. And so when we noticed that the current market was using boom socks that were made with poly, it was plastic cleanup plastic. And the only destination for that would be a landfill. And so what's interesting about our products is because they're hundred percent organic and they're made from hemp and hemp burns at 8,000 BTU, which is very clean and it's hot that we could take our, um, our product after it's been used and we could take it to a fuel, a fuel blending facility or a fuel extraction facility. Um, and it could be recycled, reclaimed. Um, and so that this was a, a different life cycle path than heading and than, than taking everything to head to a, to a dump. So this was more eco-friendly. It was more sustainable um, all around just a win-win. Okay, gotcha. So the boom sock was the first thing. And so you kind of described a little bit um, what the uh, advantages are there. And it sounds like there was about four or five different levels of environmental improvements that a company could look towards and point and say, look, this is this is where it helps us out a lot. And, it, and also, it kind of seems like there was a monetary, uh, if they could capture, and I, I've said on this show a thousand times, I'm not from the oil field, so I don't claim to be, but uh, th- there's a lot of effort into reclaiming skim oil and things like that. Is, is that. is that kind of what was going on there? Or am I misunderstanding that? Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, that was definitely one of the key concepts that we were running with. Um, you know, we want to, as a farmer said, we want to use everything but the oink, right? So yeah. <laughs> anytime that we can, uh, you know, we can, we can enhance the, you know, the, uh, value propositions of the product by adding recycling, reclamation, um, some way for us to to get that crude back, shoot it. You know, we're at $91 a barrel today. Yeah. So that was- uh, uh, It's important. Yeah, it's important. So <laughs> yeah. uh, moving forward, you know, those, those are all really big topics. And and more importantly than anything, um, as we move along, as a going concern, you know, we're, we're looking at a major carbon sink. Everything that we do is sequestering a massive amount of carbon. Now, um, not everybody's concerned about this, right? Um, and, 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 and I understand why, but at the end of the day, if our customers do have a focus on their carbon footprint and they do have an interest in carbon offsets, anytime that they're using our product, this is a perfect application mm-hmm. and a perfect example of how our carbon credit is actually used and how it's quantified and qualified, right? So at the end of the day, the, the hemp plant is, you know, producing anywhere between nine tons of carbon sequestration per acre. And so hey, with those rates, um, it's, 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 really just a question of what's the final application. So when we use this stuff to reclaim oil and then we burn it as a fuel stock, um, it's it's definitely environmentally friendly. Gotcha. So that was the first product came along. It was successful. What other products do you have that are either developed or in line for development? So uh, we've got quite a few interesting things. So we have a granular uh, granular loose absorbent um, that's uh, very cheap, cost effective. Um, we've uh, in our fluid recovery test, it's the only product on the market that has a better than one to one ratio of uh, weight to gallons of crude oil that it can pick up. Pick up. So our uh, GSA product is our Green Star absorbent. Uh, it's one of our mainstays. And uh, just to give you an example of how effective this is, we did a competitive well, and, and describe that. What what is it, what kind of how does that come? How does that? It comes as a loose granular absorbent. It's like a powder, um, and it's got our fiber and herd in there. So it's okay. fairly well broken up. It's uh, it's not quite very, it's not quite dusty, but it's excellent for applications that like on an oil rig or in an open environment. Is it is it 
maybe I'm missing, maybe I'm, you know, I've seen these little uh, things they put on mechanic shops. Is it something similar to that? Yeah, we would be replacing kitty litter. Right? Okay. So that's the, that's one of the main applications for the, you know, the, the GSA. Okay. And then to take that a step further, we were working with some uh, big auto manufacturers that are heavy into the EV space. And they said, Pat, you know, we really like your absorbents. We, we love the fact that they're environmentally friendly and they would just simply work better than anything else that's available in the market. But um, as we continue to work with the EV cars, we have a need for um, an acid absorbent. Is there something that you could do for us? Because you're, this absorbs so well. You know, we're using less than a pound of this to clean up a gallon of oil. That's pretty amazing. And what you do know, they typically, how much? Oh, anywhere between two and a half pounds. The leading absorbent is 2.23 pounds per gallon and we're 0.83. So it's- That's it, a good number to realize. Yeah, yeah it's, it's significant, right? Yeah, so we, very... you know, the, the easiest way for us to sell the product is just to put it in people's hands. We just let the product do the work. Um, and so uh, one of the big automated, one of the big three came back to us and said, you know, we would love to see this uh, in an acid absorbent. And I said, well, I'd, I'd, I would, I'd love to do that for you. And I think the product is already there, but you know, once it absorbs acid, it stays acidic and that's a big problem. And so um, not being a shade, tree, a shade tree chemist myself, I thought that it would be an easy solution um, by adding a little sodium bicarbonate right and uh the sodium bicarbonate baking soda added to our mixture with a little bit of tactifier uh send, it ended up being the solution so mm. not only does it absorb uh acid but it also has the ability to neutralize and so when we looked at the other uh products around the market that did that there were few and far between and the ones that were available were extremely expensive and inefficient so we can give um in a 10 gallon bucket we can give 12 gallons of absorption and our competitors can only offer four in the same volume uh so it's uh it's economic it's efficient it just works great okay um so there's two products what what would be the next one that came in line for you so we also have uh hemp fiber mats um so we make uh mats out of uh hemp fiber uh and they are between 500 to 1200 gsm and they've got all kinds of applications the first thing that came to my mind as a directional driller uh was man slip and fall hazard on a rig floor right you know walking in between you know the the lattice work between you know the the reserve pits and you know the doghouse and so forth it's always a, a hazardous area because you've got oil-based mud everywhere and guys got rubber boots on um so you know even following good safety protocol man you know things happen so uh the absorption the encapsulation properties and absorption properties of the hemp fiber along with those thick mats uh really give you uh quite a quite a product um so something that we also use it for is um like drip pads so you'll see some uh, environmental regulations require 18 wheelers or trucks to put secondary containment underneath the vehicles so if they drip it's it's contained and so these are these pads are uh, an excellent way to contain all of that as a drip pad and then when it's done it can get rolled up and again sent to a fuel blending facility so it's uh it's it's environmentally friendly in that regard very cool and um <clears throat> you know your process here uh, you know i'm looking around i see some things we're going to make some videos later uh that'll also be launched with the website but i'm looking at all the products do you do you actually grow the hemp yourself so we contracted that to guys that are a lot smarter than myself. Yeah. Uh, we, we typically stay in our lane as processors, but we are, our farmers are our partners. Mm. Um, but what we've done um, from a high level is we've helped them develop the genetics and the SOPs. So starting from, you know, a few years ago, uh, we started with f uh, small test plots and we were testing genetics from around the world, uh, for anywhere from uh, the Ukraine to Australian genetics. And fortunately, the MS-77 genetic just took off. We broke all the records 
records here in Texas. Um, I don't want to take the credit for it. I don't say we did it. Our partners did it. Um, but we're very proud of them. And uh, we're standing on the shoulders of, of, of those guys. And so now that we have a product that is made here in Texas, processed here in Texas, grown here in Texas, uh, we're really proud of that. Great. Okay. And your products, you know, we can, we're here from the point of view, you, you come from the oil and gas industry, my general customer and listener to this program is the oil and gas industry, but you have, it looks like a lot of applications probably outside of that as well. Before we get too deep into the oil and gas applications, because I want to, I want to expand on that a little bit uh, because I, I, I'd really, <clears throat> you, you got a product that's not being used currently. So you have to define how it's used in the market when you start with something like this. And that's a, that's a a big gain and big work to do because it's to move, move someone from uh, what they're used to doing, you know, what's the common way of things. It's a tough thing to do. And uh, because even, even when you're coming, offering something so, uh, so advantageous, especially companies, they're all looking to gain environmental points. You said uh, carbon, score or, or, or I forgot how you worded it, but it's, a, you know, it's a carbon score and, and oil and gas companies are constantly looking for this. And so I think it would be an amazing thing. What, um, uh, I, I guess uh, you gave us a couple, is there any other applications or things you make? I, I know I had seen, uh, the last time I was here, I felt like I'd seen something that you were, you were making out of it that I had never seen before. So what, what are some of the cool things that, that, that are outside of oil and gas and, and that you've already made and what are you working on? Yeah, it's really exciting. So, uh, you know, oil and gas being our alma mater and, and where we come from, you know, that's holds a special place for us. And that's kind of why we started with what we did. But as um, we've investigated and spent more time with the product, we've seen use cases um, uh, transferring over into other markets. Uh, one of those most notably is uh, we make a hemp memory foam. Um, this is something that has never been done before because, bon- uh, but bonding organic to inorganic um, has been done for a long time. It's just, you know, at what ratios. And so, so as uh, chemistry has progressed uh, and we've had uh, success in uh, producing a product that's uh, 75% latex, uh, 25% hemp, so all the way up to 30%. And it adds a lot of physical properties that are advantageous, such as air uh, permeability, right? So uh, one of the big um, arguments for the memory foam mattresses is they get hot because they don't tra- they trap and they don't release the air. Yeah. Um, well, the hemp fibers are tubular on underneath the microscope. So when we introduce the hemp fiber, into the polyfoam, it allowed air to pass through, which opened up a huge performance advantage. And then, you know, uh, that makes the mattress cooler. And so now we are rolling those into memory foam pillows and toppers and other things that you'll end up seeing in your hotel chains. And so that was really kind of an interesting thing uh, that we did. And then the other really interesting uh, prospect on the horizon is uh, graphene. And so graphene, as you know, are being is being used for superconductors, right? Superconductors and, you know, high capacity capacity batteries. This is what's going to leapfrog lithium ion. And so everyone is looking for a... Gr- and lithium ion, lithium ion is the key component in EV batteries. Correct? That's correct. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. So the next evolution of those batteries are going to be supercapacitors. And so uh, 2D, gra- uh, 2D graphene is the key to do that. And so what all these graphene producers and supercapacitor manufacturers are looking for are, are uh, viable sources of graphene. And because we can grow six tons of hemp per acre, there's no better source for graphene than hemp. 
And so what we do is we grind it all the way down into a pellet. And then that pellet is used for fuel stock in a biochar reactor. The biochar reactor then reduces the hemp down to a coal-like substance, but that produces premium grade graphene, which is then used in manufacturing of these supercapacitor batteries and so or superconducting batteries. Um, so this is all really interesting stuff because in the world of material science, um, who would have thought that a plant that's been used for hundreds of years would have space, you know, space age technology behind it and application, right? Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Well, you did say earlier that the tensile strength on it was, I mean, incredibly strong for nature, right? It's right. Not, there's not a whole lot of, you know, man-made things that can, that can match that, right? Yeah, I'll give you an example. So the tensile strength of fiberglass is about 200 Newton meters and the tensile strength of our f- natural fibers is almost 900. Okay, so it is enti- entirely better. Is that an application for it? Absolutely. Insulation? Yeah, absolutely. Insulation is a big application for what we're doing. So the same mats that our guys are using for the drips, uh, we also can use for carpet padding and use for insulation in homes. It's uh, The thermal efficient properties are there. Hemp is a natural pesticide uh, and, anti- and antimicrobial. So when you think about your kids playing on that carpet next time, think about all the microbes and all the bacteria that's in that uh, uh, plastic foam padding. You know, if we replace that plastic foam padding with a non-toxic building material like our hemp pads, um, I believe that the life cycle analysis will show that it's a healthier alternative. And again, we're using products that are sustainable. So the, the less wood we can use uh, and the more hemp we can use, it's better for everybody. How does it, uh, and, and you may not have ever tested this, but how does hemp hold up to UV? Well, it's interesting because when hemp is compostable, so when you expose hemp to atmosphere, when you, uh, when you expose hemp to atmosphere and condition, it ends up, uh, you know, decomposing. So, um, UV light, um, atmosphere, moisture, those are the things that actually break hemp down. So, uh, when you look at the compostability and, and, uh, sustainability of hemp, that's, that's an important part. Okay. Uh, let's dig in a little bit deeper on the, the oil and gas application. So we've talked about uh, a couple of products and a couple of ways, uh, I guess, you know, avenues in there. Um, you know, I got to see, the green box. And that is, I guess, uh, I'll let you describe it, but that is your plan to go to market and how you're going to go to market. So I'll let just, you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll ask you questions as you go, but you had, you're, you're looking to put a, a box on site and it's going to be completely full of environmentally friendly products that are much better than what they, they're currently using. What is going to tell me? Describe this, how this box, what this box is, and what's in it. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so the green box is a 10 by 10 Conex box that'll be full with all of our materials, everything for SPCC, spill prevention, containment, and contingency. Um, all of those products in there will be 100% organic. Um, they'll have, you'll have the reclamation ability that we talked about earlier about sending it to the fuel blending facilities. But um, more importantly, what it is, is it acts as a metaphorical fire extinguisher for spills on the rig floor um, or on the rig site, period. So we have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen so that if we have an accident, we don't burn the whole house down, we can contain it. And so that mitigates the damage. And that's the same principle that we're working with here. Um, most rigs that I've been on over the last decade and a half, you know, just don't have anything on site to contain the spill. And the problem is that when those spills go deep and they go wide, they end up creating, you know, extraordinary bills uh, while you wait for, you know, the, the, the trucks and all the other reclamation equipment to get out there four or five hours later. So if we have the ability, the principle is if we have the ability to jump 
jump on the uh, accident quickly, uh, contain it, sequester it, start absorbing that that stuff, and have the ability to put that in you has hazmat UN rated bags for haul off that will mitigate the spill and will reduce the bill. And so that's the the, the principle behind that is to have that on site ready to go. If there's a problem, the rig hands can quickly deploy those materials and get the uh, the scene cleaned up quickly. With how many different products will be in there? So you'll have about a half a dozen different products. Can you can you go? And we know the boom sock will be in there, but after that, sure. Uh, so we're going to supply boom socks in different sizes. So you'll have the four inch, and you also have the six inch. Um, they'll be used for different reasons. Uh, you'll have the green loose green star absorbent. You'll have acid absorbent. We'll have absorbent pillows, and we'll also have the mats. Uh, and then accompanying the mats, we'll have secondary containment, and we'll have all the UN rated bags because most of the time, the the first question we get is, okay, guys, once we're done cleaning up the mess. Where do we put it? And that's mm-hmm. just as important as, as you, know, you know what you cleaned it up with, right? So to address that, we were looking at something that you know we're looking at the most economic and efficient ways to go about it. And typically, the 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 industry deals with it, you know, steel drums or some really expensive plastic overpack. And so, in our particular case, what we did is we spent time uh, working with manufacturers to develop a UN rated bag. It's a uh, agricultural bag with a plastic lining on the inside. And and the important part about that is that we can roll up 40, 50 of these things and put them in our Connex box. So what it essentially does is gives you recycling cans, you know, 40. 50 recycling cans right there on site and you just use them as you need it and as those those uh, bags fill up uh, we can provide a service that will come out there haul those off and and also provide the reporting so when a spill takes place on scene we create a number and that number is used to track it, uh, track that spill and the materials used to clean it up. And so what we'll be able to do is go back to our clients and hand them a report that shows them start to finish what, what happened, what was, how it was cleaned up, uh, and where it was taken to, uh, so that you have start to finish, um, uh, tracking of the spill to reclamation. Yeah. Cause they want to know that because that's cradle grave. They got to know where that is. That's right. Um, so typically speaking, when you said recycle, what's these products, you said half a dozen, what, what is happening to these products? That's what's in the market now when you were on, when you were doing this in the field, what, what, what was happening to these products after they were used? Or what's currently happening, I guess, is the question. Yeah. So, you know, and listen, guys don't really know that they're, that they're uh, you know, doing the wrong thing. But, you know, the truth of the matter is 99% of the stuff is going into a dumpster, right? And that dumpster is then taken to a landfill and it's being disposed of improperly. Um, now, it's just, you know, the fact of the matter is that most of the time this is happening because there isn't a better alternative. There just is no, there's no other option. This is the only way that we have to dispose of it. So that's what it's done. And so our first step was to provide that green box so that there is an alternative. It's like no one's going to recycle if there's no recycling can on location. So what we want to do is provide them with the tools and the equipment so that they can actually dispose of these spills in the right way. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't imagine currently um, they're getting reporting on a spill. Did you, did you ever get that? So it's that interesting. A, that's an interesting service there. When you said that, it kind of took me off. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's interesting is that as we've uh, delved deeper into this particular market space, we recognize that things are different in different parts of the country. Um, in the Up in the East Coast, uh, we found out that reporting is extremely important. The regulatory bodies in Pennsylvania and like um, require operators to report every spill. So this is something that it's not, you know, uh, a voluntary 
monetary thing. It's a, it's a mandate. Um, so with that being the case, you, you see more of what we're offering in the upper East coast. Mm -hmm. Um, guys are attempting to do what we're doing with rental trailers, but the products in those trailers are not, you know, they're not made out of hemp. They're not made out of, uh, anything that's sustainable. So we're trying to take that a step further and we're trying to bring those best practices down to West Texas, Permian Basin, places that typically haven't embraced this yet, but we understand that it's on the way. Okay, gotcha. And nothing in that, um, and maybe I misheard you, but nothing in that box will go to a landfill. Doesn't have to. Yeah. So there's a way. There's a way to to make that almost well. That you hear this word a lot, net zero. That's right. But that it seems like you have a way to make that box go from a landfill filler to a net zero energy product. Yeah, we think that the you know exciting part about what we do is that everything we're doing is a carbon sink. Right? Yeah. You know, so this is just a well for carbon. I mean, as we grow the product, um, it's a question of carbon out of the atmosphere. As we use the product in the field to clean up oil spills and anything else, you know, again, we're reclamating petroleum yeah. and carbon. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So if a company, uh, I guess, you know, you've given a lot of detail here, uh, a lot of uh, measurements and things that I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know exactly what, but I guarantee you safety professionals will. What would you say, uh, what would be your, I guess, let me ask you this question. Tell me how, if a, if a, if a CEO of an oil company asks you, what exactly is this going to do for our company? What would be your two minute or one minute elevator pitch on, on Lone Star and your hemp product and, and why companies need to bring this on? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. So um, first and foremost, you're being a proactive thought leader. Um, and we all have, you know, we all want to be, you know, leave the pla you know, leave the planet Earth better than where we found it for our kids. Uh, this is something that I personally have, have endeared myself to. The older that I get, the more important that becomes to me. So in the effort of being environmentally friendly and proactive, um, that's the, the number one takeaway here. But more importantly that, you know, we want to provide something that's economic. We want to fill a need. So obviously when we have a spill, there's a need to clean it up and now the question is is can we do a better job in that process and i think so and that starts with the products that we use to actually clean that oil spill up and then secondarily you know what are we doing for reporting and tracking so responsibility and then tertiary where is the final destination where's the permanence right you know what's the final uh, final destination for this material is it going to a landfill or is it is or can it be repurposed for something more advantageous and so that's where we're at well, you're definitely onto something because I have never seen this anywhere. Uh, I don't think, you know, a lot of people are, are getting into uh, using natural products for things and hemp, but I've never, I've, I've yet to come across anyone trying to present it to the oil field or, or, or taking the time to develop sophisticated products that you've done that are, that come and work for the oil field and, and improve um, their jobs and what they can do. Because I, I, I've talked to so many people and, and the number one thing they're trying to do is improve that environmental score, whatever that, however that's scored. It's all, they all have ESG now, mm -hmm. environmental social governance. And it's all, it's all a big part of what they do. And this is, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they've gotten really good at the social part of it. You know, that's DEI and all that stuff, but they, 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 they find it more difficult to find environmental solutions. Uh, so, because they're just not there. And, uh, so you're offering one that's there, um, your products, your, uh, your website, uh, how would they, uh, someone find more information about you? What is your website? It's a uh, Lone Star IM.com. So it's short for industrial materials. So www.lonestarim.com. And how would, uh, someone, if someone had questions for you, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, easy enough. Uh, they can call here at the shop. Uh, they can email me at Patrick at Lone Star IM.com. Uh, I'd be happy to touch base with anybody that's interested. 
Okay. Yeah. I think, I think you will see a lot of people interested in this because, you know, <clears throat> you didn't just throw, I think what the audience would got, had gotten from this interview is that you just didn't throw things out there. You had everything you said, you backed it, you had numbers on it and you had, uh, you had studies on it. Like you went and studied your own results. And that's important because you can't just make something and say it works. Like when, when, you know, I make fire resistant clothing, I had to put it, that thing to the fire before I ever sold it to somebody. And I've got that, I've got that video they can see. And so you've got this evidence of it. And I think it's, a, I mean, I couldn't be more fired up for you, man, because I think this thing is real. And I think, uh, I, I've rarely seen something that's so, that has so applicable and so ready uh, you know, I get. You know, I think Ron. Uh, I forget the congressman's name, but he said, "There's nothing more powerful than a idea whose time has come." And I think it's a product hemp here using in, in an environmentally safe way in the oil field. This time has come. So, so thank you for for coming on board. Um, coming on board to the podcast. Uh, you know, this is a HSC podcast, so it's a you're almost a a perfect guest. That's like I said, I don't get environmentally uh, friendly manufacturers. I don't get anything with the E. I always get the the safety and the uh, health, but I never get the E. So thank you for coming on uh, board, Pat. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're going to do some videos here in a few minutes to demonstrate so people can actually see the product themselves. Uh, they'll be, you'll be able to see it. And, and, and if you, if you want to get in touch with uh, Pat and, maybe test the product, maybe take a look at it, maybe get some, get in front of you with, uh, cause they're going to have technical questions on this. It's a highly technical thing. So, uh, I greatly appreciate it, man. Thank you for sharing the story of how you developed this company. Likewise. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time and attention and be loved love to happy, uh, love and happy to, to carry on the conversation with anybody interested. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and accept the mission. Please subscribe to the Mission Zero podcast on your preferred streaming service and be sure to give us a five-star review.